What it do? What it do, y'all? Welcome back to JJ Sports Talk Show, season three, uh, episode one. Damn, time has flown by. Um, we got we, we got a new member today, my boy Matthew Thornton. Yes, sir. How you guys doing? Uh, how's everyone doing, man? Season three? Come on, bro. Season three, man. What determines when the seasons end? So I cap it off at like 10 episodes per season. So oh okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, so season three. Grand opening, baby. Get it. Another one. And did you even think we'd make it to season three? Bro, I mean, (laughs) I thought we were so bad that first episode. I didn't think we were we were gonna be uh making it past the second one. Bro, I'm gonna be honest. I thought like usually like Big J, you do what you want. We respect it, obviously, but I legitimately thought that like uh, the next season would have been like next year, and I would have been like, "Oh, we're bound to get kicked off before." Oh no, no, this is <laughs> no, this is the annual, yearly, monthly, daily thing, man. Now we we start we stop at ten. Uh, I'm thinking about doing something at ten episodes per per season, so keeping it short. But no, it's not a year; it's a daily thing, I mean, weekly thing, man. So I'm thinking about getting shirts, man. I I, I just don't know like where to go to get shirts and like for the show. But I don't know. I mean, you got the merch, man. Yeah, I'm trying to, man. Our supporters need that. They need the content. Good word. All right, Matt. Get it, baby. All right, so we're going to start off jumping into some NFL discussions. As all of us heard, OBJ agreed to sign with the Los Angeles Rams. How do you guys feel about the move? Tell me your thoughts. Do you feel it's a good move for the Rams? Uh, I'll throw it to Mass to start us off. Man, I got to be honest with you guys. I think this is a quality move. Uh, OBJ is a headache. Let's not get it twisted, but he's a good player. And, you know, sometimes, like, if you have him in the right environment, I think you need a good leader um, to keep him in the right uh, – I don't want to say, like, in his place, but just, you know, to make sure that he's cool, man. Because when he just starts get uh, gets to go, and it's really hard to reel him back in. He is a prima donna. He's the only person i ever seen make Eli Manning, of all people, actually have a personality and get pissed off – for the first time I've ever seen. And I really think that this is a smart move. Um, The Rams are making a push for a Super Bowl, and this is just a make-or-break talent. They don't need OBJ. He's just an addition. We already seen them go after Vaughn Miller, and this is just another move to try and bump up the ranks and go after a championship. AC, what do you think, bro? So OBJ is definitely one of the great wide receiver talents in football right now. His rookie season – statistically he's a top five rookie season of any receiver to ever play the game. I mean, he, he had that great catch that we all know that's replayed millions and millions of times. Every time the giants and the Cowboys meet, Maz knows I'm talking about, he's shaking his head, but he, in his first few seasons in the league, he was definitely a top three wide receiver, if not the best wide receiver in football. So when he went to Cleveland and got paired up with Baker, got paired up with Nick Chubb, we all thought, Oh man, this is a match made up in heaven. Brown's offense is going to look really scary. And then you add in Jarvis Landry to the mix and Kareem Hunt and all those guys and all those pieces, you thought that Brown's offense was going to be unstoppable. But, you know, sometimes just environments don't work out. And like Matt said before, Baker is a young quarterback still. He's not a seasoned vet like Matt Stafford is. Sometimes he's just not calibrated to the NFL. Like, you see it some games. He's not, like, a great NFL quarterback yet. I mean, I, I personally don't like Baker because I'm a Ravens fan. That might be my bias showing, but I, I think Odell has it. Still has a talent. He still can be a top ten receiver in this league. 
And this Rams offense is still deadly scary. I mean, Cooper Rush, not Cooper Rush, not Cooper Cup. Is it Cooper Rush? Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. I, I mean, Daryl Henderson. This this is this offense is definitely one of the best ever assembled in the last ten years that I can think of. Uh, but going forward, we gotta see how Odell mixes in. I I don't think he's gonna have a huge role in this first week. He's maybe he might get a few snaps, but I think he's gonna be very well. Uh, one thing I want to say about the Rams though. Now that they have Odell, and now that they've traded a lot of their picks away, is it? If they don't get it this year, it might be very scary uh, treading waters for uh, Sean McVay moving forward. So, Rams, you got to do it this year, or you're not going to do it at all. Yeah, this is definitely a make or break uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Big J, talk to me. How you feeling about the Odell move? <laughs> like the yes, sir, Big J, man. So, um, yeah, man. Um, like, so – that time when the breaking news came and Odell was going to be on the waiver with the waiver market, you know, all these teams were like Detroit, you know, um, work was, was on the list. Um, I, I didn't know he was going to go to the Rams. I, I didn't expect that. I, I mean, I heard Green Bay. Um, I heard Saints. I heard, um, um, I heard uh, the Raiders. Um, but I mean, I like the fit, man. Uh, LA bright lights. Um, it's just, you know, I feel like, you know, I agree with it. Top, top 10 receiver, definitely. Um, you know, and like Ant said, also, uh, season quarterback with Matthew Stafford. Didn't really do good at Detroit, but now he had a better team. I mean, but now I think the pressure's on the Rams um, because, you know, they had Marcus Peters. They had um, some other – they had Jared Goff. They didn't win any win any things. So now they had – now they got Aaron Donald. Um, they got Von Miller. They got Ramsey. They are like the Golden right. State Warriors of the NFL, man. And now they got Odell Beckham to add to that, to add to that stature. So I, I like, I like the fit. Um, I mean, my boy LBJ, LeBron James, shouted the man out. Um, welcome to LA. Um, I like the fit. Uh, but when that video that his father posted of him not getting any targets, like, I mean, you can't really blame it all on OBJ because you know some balls are underthrown. Um, like you and like Ann said, Baker is you know still a young quarterback, still has a lot to prove. And but the only problem I have with OBJ, the same issue I had with um, Antonio Brown back in the day, the attitude, um, just like you know in the locker room, the chemistry, how how well are they going to fit together? Like you know, because OBJ, like you know, like mask mask is is a is a, is a victim to, like with the Giants, man, like. Kicking the uh the field goal um practice net and stuff in the Giants his attitude so but I think the Rams have a good team good coach with Sean McVay and I think they uh <clears throat> can get it done but we play them uh in uh, I think week what in January I think so yeah Ravens typically Rams I like the fit man I like the fit yo yeah. let me let me ask a question real quick yeah. though for you Matt you know we all were thinking Green Bay I think we he could have went anywhere he ends up going with the Rams I actually thought it was between Las Vegas and Green Bay, um, especially with the whole Henry Rugg situation, I thought the Raiders might have been looking to bring in uh, another talent, you know. But he goes to the Rams. Are the Rams the team to beat now? And do you like the fit? Well, first thing, I do love the fit, not only because of the talent on the field, but because of the location. Like you said, Odell, he likes the bright lights in New York. I don't think he was ever quite comfortable living the Cleveland lifestyle. I don't think that that setting suited him. I don't think he ever got a chance to get comfortable 
Um, so I do like the fact that he did change up his location and is in Los Angeles. And um, in terms of the fit, yeah, I would have to say the Rams are definitely the most well-balanced team offensively and defensively. And I would say in the league, not just in the conference. I would go as far as to say in the league. Um, I would throw in the Titans in that mix if uh, Derrick Henry uh, was healthy. But um, in terms of um, that, where did I think he would go? I know uh, there was a lot of uh, rumors out there saying that he was going to the Packers. I think that would have been a, a pretty solid move. I know a lot of people thought he was going to New England. I know, um, I think Jordan said that off camera. Uh, he thought there was a high chance he would go to, to New England. But I, I wouldn't have liked him in New England because you go into a situation where New England has a rookie quarterback and Odell is at his best when he's utilizing the offense as a deep threat. And they're not utilizing Mac Jones in that offense to throw the ball down the field. They're, it's short yard. It's just like Brady, how um, he does like the short plays, throws, takes the underneath route, throws it to the running back. That's not Odell. That's not what Odell needs. That's not what Odell wants. If, I think he should have. If that was the case, if he was going to go to New England, he would have had better chance in uh, in Cleveland because obviously Baker Mayfield is better than Mac Jones at this point in time. Uh, but like I said, I, I like the fit. They have uh, Cooper Cup. But I'm interested to see if maybe they have, you know, sometimes you have too much talent. Is there going to be a, another situation like in Cleveland where the uh, Baker Mayfield or Matt Jones, the quarterback, is going to have a hard time trying to, like, get the ball to Odell? Is he going to force it to him? Is he going to shy away from uh, Robert Woods? Is he going to shy away from Cooper Cup? Uh, I'm interested to see how he's going to fit with this team and, like, the chemistry. Yes, let me pose a question to the to the panel here. So, like, Pick it back up for what I said. Like the question is for y'all, who has more pressure, OBJ or Sean McVay? Um, I'm gonna go with you, Brandon. I'm gonna go with you first, man. Like, what do you think, man? Who has more pressure? Uh, for me, man, um, it's that's a tough one. I think McVay has all the pieces that he needs. If I mean AC said it the best, man. If he can't get it done this year, like he ain't getting it done. So I think there's a lot of pressure there. But I think moving forward. Um, for OBJ's career. I'm going to say OBJ because I think Sean McVay, if this doesn't even work out and he somehow at some point does not end up the Rams coach uh, down the line, a team is going to take a shot on him. He's a quality coach. I, I think the pressure is really on OBJ here because he's the headache, man. Not necessarily off the field, but he's an on-field headache. And that arguably could be worse, man, because it, it's just it, it kills the team. Uh, nobody wants to put up with prima donna stuff, man, especially when you ain't putting up numbers. You know, you can look up the stats. Um, it's not for a lack of talent, but the Browns seem to be better when Odell Beckham Jr. is not on the field. I don't know if that's his fault. Maybe it's chemistry issues with him and Baker Mayfield. I don't really like Baker, to be honest with you. He's a decent quarterback, but um, when you start beefing with, like, your quarterback, bro, it, things start to, like, get sour. We saw McNabb and Terrell Owens, and I think they're both better talents at the positions, uh, not work out. They went to the Super Bowl. They fall apart because they just couldn't work out, man. So for me, uh, relationships are everything on this field, and it's hard to uh, to manage, man, especially when you got a prima donna, you know. And uh, one thing, I think you're, you're missing the name. I know uh, obviously Odell does have a lot of pressure. Sean McVay has been to the Super Bowl. Um, and does have some playoff experience, young coach. But we're forgetting about Matthew Stafford. You know, he's had solid weapons in the past. Calvin Johnson, Roy Williams. 
and he never made it to the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken, you, he's had he may have not had the greatest defenses, but now he does have one of the top ten, uh, one of the top tier defenses, if not the best defense in their entire league. Especially with Von the acquisition of Von Miller, he has it all. He has weapons. He has the defense. They're all healthy. So I think Matthew Stafford. This the most pressure is on him. That the leader of the team, the quarterback position. You have to get the job done. He's never been in this spotlight before. Los Angeles, bright lights. And the expectation is for them to win a Super Bowl. Like you guys said, it's pretty much Super Bowl or bust. You don't have you, – you, you traded away your draft picks. You invested in all these uh, free agents. So I believe Matthew Stafford has the most perfect pressure on him. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, before I let Ant, uh, say say what he has to say about um the take on this question, um, yeah, you make a good point, Matt, because um I, I was I was watching our first take, and you basically you said the same thing that um that I think Tim Tebow said, like uh, it's on the quarterback. You know, it's his team. He's like the the point guard of the team. He make he he's a thrower. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, he's on Detroit. Generally, do good, but he had top five weapons with you know Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Um, but now he he has he has teammates. So yeah, so it could be on OBJ, Matthew Stafford, or or the coach. Um, it's, so Ann, like, what do you think, man? Like, do you who do you think do you agree with the quarterback, or do you think uh, it's the OBJ? Or do you think it's the coach, man? What do you think? Uh, I think it's McVay because Odell's already shown that he is a top receiver in this league. He doesn't need to prove to anybody else that he's a good receiver. McVay, on the other hand, the number one thing a coach needs to do to have sustained success in the NFL is win, and not just win games, win championships. And if Sean McVay can't do it with this roster that's been perfectly constructed, that has top-tier defensive veterans, has top-tier receivers, running back, and now a very good season quarterback in Matt Stafford, and he doesn't win with this roster, and now, like like what we said before, he has no draft picks for the future – Pressure's on him this year because if he ain't getting it done now that we have no draft capital and you have nothing set for the future and your salary cap is going to be through the roof, let alone you can't pay for any veterans next year, the Rams are going to be destroyed. They're, they're going to have nothing. And if McVay can't win it this year, I, I told you, like he doesn't have the pedigree to have like a, like a Marvin Lewis where he can just stay there for 20 years and not win anything, you know, and not win playoff games. I think he's definitely got to win a championship this year, and if he doesn't, he's going to be in big trouble. That's my take. Yo, AC, though, but here's my thing about McVay. My man was winning games when he had a dog water a quarterback like Jared Goff. You can't sit here and tell me that Jared Goff is a good quarterback or that you would count on Goff to go out and win you a game, man. The guy's just been honestly horrendous. If you can't establish the run, the guy's basically useless. And when you're working with that at, at – uh, quarterback man and you're still winning games like i know the defense has been a uh, solid especially when you have a generational talent uh coming up that center and uh aaron donaldson it's it's i'm sorry aaron um donald and you know it's it's a help but the fact that mcveigh's fought through so much man with working with that at quarterback i think he's gonna be all right but he's definitely like this is make or break and i don't know what they do if they do not win this year man Here's the thing. I think golf gets too much hate, bro. I, I, he's just in a bad spot, bro. I feel like any quarterback, except for like maybe the Lamar Jacksons and the Patrick Mahomes, can elevate that team. I mean, fair it, enough that, being on Detroit. I get what yeah. you're saying there, but I, I think Jared Goff is a perfectly good quarterback if you give him some pieces around him. 
Yeah, sure. Todd Gurley leading the league in rushing, you know, uh, a quality defense and just everything that anybody would love to have. (laughs) You know what? Anybody could be successful. Yeah. I think, but like you give him pieces, he's not a bad quarterback. Yeah, sure. Congratulations. Throw him down on Tampa and give him everybody and your mother on offense. And anybody's going to be successful. I'm saying that guy's not going out and winning a game. There's certain quarterbacks, Patty Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. They're going to go out and win your game regardless of who's on the field. Jared Goff never has been nor ever will be that guy. I'm going to have to agree with, with Maz on that one. Jared Goff, I do think he's good enough to have decent statistics in a regular season, maybe get to the playoffs, win a, a playoff round. Um, I do know he obviously had that one Super Bowl run where they lost. But I, I really don't feel that he's, like Maz said, he doesn't elevate his team. He doesn't have enough playoff experience to know, like Brady or, or Patrick Mahomes, where he knows – uh, what to do in any given situation. I don't think he's that type of talent where he can elevate those around him. I think he does need a better supporting cast. And like you said, no one, I don't think he's going to win on the, on the team he's on now. I don't, I don't see him. He doesn't have enough talent. Um, but I want to go back to what you said, Anthony, on regards to, uh, to Odell real quick. Um, I know Odell, he is a top five talent, but he does still have a lot to prove because it's not, he did not necessarily showcase his talents because we know what a healthy Odell can do. I mean, in regards to, can he put his pride aside and be more involved and like just focused on winning? Is he going to uh, mess up the team chemistry like Brandon uh, alluded to? Is he going to be an issue in the locker room? Is he going to be able to lower his ego and say, hey, I may not get the targets I got in New York. Uh, I may not even get the targets in Cleveland, but am I going to I need to do my job to the best of my ability on the field each and every night. So I think he still does have a lot of a lot to prove in those regards. But uh, let's move on to the uh, to the next time. Unless you have something else to say, Jordan. You you might sound. Yeah, oh you. no no! I think Ant wanted to say something, but um, no. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was about to say, you know, man, let's go, let's go to the next time. Yeah yeah. Next time, okay. So uh, we're gonna talk about John Gruden. John Gruden uh, suing. Uh, I believe it was. Uh, you said he was uh, suing um, the NFL and Roger Goodell. Yeah, hey, Roger Goodell. There you go. We don't know the situation, man. You know, uh, Roger Goodell um, and Gruden. uh, Roger Goodell has just been a headache ever since he came to the league. Gruden, don't get me wrong. We've already covered the whole Gruden topic. And I think everybody here can agree that John Gruden deserved to lose his job for everything that happened. But I'm going to be honest, man. I think John Gruden got a legitimate grievance here uh, for the sole fact of the NFL, whether a lot of people saying it was the Redskins organization that leaked the email to try and uh, bring the heat off of them a bit. But regardless, the the um, the Washington football team is, in fact, part of the NFL. Their, uh, their president, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Snyder's wife at this point, but still Snyder. He's got a, a seat and voice at the table. So if they release something that's just like the NFL releasing it, because they are, in fact, part of the NFL. And... The fact that the NFL won't release the internal reports on their findings of what was going on in Washington, but the team released the stuff on Gruden, it doesn't look good. I'd be absolutely uh, – I'd be pissed off, quite frankly, if I was Gruden um, just for the fact of, hey, what I did was wrong and I need to own up to that, but I'm sure as hell not going to be the only one to go down with this sinking ship when I wasn't the only one – who was doing messed up things 
We all like the NFL needs to be better. They need to eradicate anybody that's contributing to the toxic culture that is John Gruden and the Washington football team. So if you had any part in that, you need to leave, man. And quite frankly, that's where, as I said, Gruden needs to go, but the Washington football team organization needs to go. They need a whole rebrand. Everybody needs to get out of there, you know, so. All right, Jordan, how do you feel about uh, Josh Gruden uh, suing the NFL? I mean, I kind of agree with uh, Matt. I mean, we all know on this panel and everyone who's in the sports realm um, of news knows that, you know, whatever Gruden did was bad. And to the extent he should lose his job. But I was looking at the ESPN report and saying how um, the reason why he's um, suing them is because um, from Gruden's uh, attorney uh, that they leaked the information from uh, to the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And Gruden thinks that uh, with the NFL releasing that all the emails and stuff um, to like the NFL to the NFL and to Goodell. Uh, he thought that was going to ruin his reputation, which, I mean, we all know that his his reputation is all ruined. But, uh, I mean, like, he has a font. He has a he has a good case, but I, I don't know how what they're going to do because it's still early in the, in the, in the with the whole suing process. Um, it has to take his course, but I don't know what he's trying to get out of it. Um, he's not going to get his job back. Um, so maybe he, he wants to get some money. I mean, he's already rich. rich. So I don't I don't know, um, but he has a fine. I think he has a good case, but I just don't know how far it's going to take. Or and you know, like like Matt said, um, Roger Goodell is a headache to everyone in, in the league. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. I'm I'm very very interested. I'm very very interested to see like how far this goes. Um, and what do you think, man? Before I go further, and we're talking about Goodell. He's just a puppet, man. He he really has no say in anything. He's just a guy that makes like the the big press announcements, but it's the owners that make all the uh, the decisions around the NFL. So that's that's just what I want to start out with. But uh, yeah, this whole Gruden situation—it's just been a major black eye on the NFL this year, and the Raiders, and the Washington Football Team organizations. And uh, Gruden, I, he's just trying to save face here. I mean, if I were in the situation, which I would never be in because I would never say any of the things that John Gruden has said, but if I were to be in the situation, I would want to have to clear my name of this sort of stuff. And the way he's doing this is just by attacking the NFL and trying to say that, hey, you know, I wasn't – yeah, I said these things, but I'm, I'm being victimized here. And you know what? Right now in today's society, I feel like we've always had this sort of I've got to play the victim now even though I did something horrible. It's just, it's it's a big problem, and I I know that he he's trying to get something out of this, but personally, I think Gruden he's still in the wrong. But what he's trying to get out of this is just trying to be a nice little PR safe face for himself, because he's gonna have to live the rest of his life knowing, and everyone else is gonna have to live the rest of their lives knowing that he's just a terrible and has really racist and homophobic uh, points of views. Yeah, now let me ask you guys, uh, based on what you've read in the reports, from a scale from a zero to 100%, what do you think John Gruden's chances are of actually winning this case? And I'll start with uh, Maz. I'm going to be honest, man. I think he has a, a decent case because um, at the end of the day, you know, everything that he is suing for, it is um, 
I don't, you know, I don't know, man, because like, it's, is it really defamation of character? Is if it's true, it's not slander, that's for sure. You know, he legitimately said it. We got proof of this. It's just like I said, like the guy is basically being used as a scapegoat. When what would you guys fix? Getting one coach out, or that's you know toxic to the NFL and portraying an image, or getting an entire organization that has just been a dark stain over the last year or so for however long it's been going on. So don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying John Gruden should be in the NFL. I'm not saying that John Gruden um, is right in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying John Gruden shouldn't be the only one going down. If John John Gruden's going down, that's a start. But you need to, you need to go to the next level, and you need to make a serious change here. I would really love to see – a new ownership, new rebrand. I would love to see a minority owner come in and, and try to change the culture in Washington, D.C., whether that is uh, a Hispanic, an Asian, um, a black ownership, doesn't matter. Just, like, get diversity in the NFL and change the culture. And John Gruden, it's legitimately a 50-50 on, on whether he wins this. I think he's got a solid case because it is, hey, this was a whole situation, and I'm the only one who's being used as the scapegoat. Which if I'm going down and I if I would never be in that situation because I'm I'm not like that. That's not me, you know. But if somebody was gonna bring me down, I'm bringing the ship down with me for some like you know like I'm put all it out there like hey this is the truth. Um, people are coming at me. This is what this is what also happened. So everybody got the whole facts, and then y'all make your decision. I'll handle my consequences, but everybody got to handle their consequences too, you know. Big J, how you feel? Yeah, so I mean, I know I know I'm not a math wizard here, but I feel like um to answer math question, I think I'm in the 50 to 60 percent percentile of it being effectively um taken by. I do, I do agree with with you, Matt. Uh, I, I mean, um, uh, math uh, on how like the NFL, um, in order for Goodell to be like an actual kind of like hero in this situation, I feel like he has to make a statement. Saying, I think so. The whole reason why um, Gruden is filing this lawsuit is because he's saying, "Why the heck am I out of six hundred and fifty thousand emails with the Washington Football Team? Why is my name getting picked out of the whole of the whole bunch?" So I think Roger Goodell has to make a statement for every every coach, um, every team in the league, and set the bar, saying that we cannot follow this trend. So. Whether he's either, I don't know how Goodell's going to take the situation, but I feel like, I mean, it's like 50 50, 50 in the 50 60 percentile. Um, I just, I just don't see, I just don't see Gruden winning this because for the comments he made, um, throughout the years, and um, it's just you can't, like Matt, like, like, like Maz and, and said on the pre, like when we post this podcast, whatever we say, people are going to hear it. It's the same situation. He said, I don't care if it was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, he said it is out there. And so he, like, whatever, if he wins or loses, you can't, he can't fix this. So, I mean, I feel like he has to make a, a strong statement. And um, I, I just don't, I just, I just don't see, I don't, I just don't see it past 60%. Um, uh. Yo, Matt. Um, let me ask you this though, because we saw um the owner of the Raiders, uh, Mark Davis, came out and he said, I absolutely want those emails released uh for the Washington football team. If you're an owner, right, 
And we know him and Gruden were good friends. Like Gruden wasn't even in, under investigation. They just exposed him uh, through the emails, which, you know, which was cool that they did that because there's no place for him. I cannot repeat that enough. But if you are the owner, it's like, hey, my team, my organization, my staff wasn't the initial investigation, but we went down with the ship. Our PR took a hit. We lost our head coach. Our team uh, lost, you know, our main leader. If if you're the Raiders owner, like, don't you want this stuff? Do you want uh, the Washington football team to, you know, suffer the same consequences that you had to when you weren't even the one under the investigation in the first place? Right, definitely. You definitely would have those expectations that they would follow, at least if not uh, worse than similar consequences as your own team did. As you said, the, the coach is gone. The 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 PR the the repu the reputation of the team is stained right now. There's definitely like answer. There is a black eye uh, on their on their franchise right now. Um, but um, I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it to Ant. See if you do. You have any uh, further opinions? How do you feel? Do you uh, from a uh, zero to hundred? Where are you at as far as do you think he's gonna actually uh, get um, his case solved? Uh, I I think he he'll get something out of it but you also gotta say uh the nfl's got like insane lawyers too you gotta realize that they're gonna they're gonna push and fight and they got some of the best lawyers in the world and they're, they they're probably only gonna pay gruden or like whatever he wants he's gonna get like a very minute fraction of what he gets so i i think gruden will out of like 100 you said i'd say probably like a 20 maybe because 20 he's, yeah. probably, he's probably not making much right like i said i don't like Matt said, I don't see what he's trying to gain. Though. Like he's, we all know he's not. I don't expect him to have another job in this league after those remarks. You know what I'm saying? And part of it, I do feel like his reputation. I get it, old white guy, uh, who who played years ago, um, and he has, still has that old school mentality. They need something uh, fresh. Like you said, Maz, they need a new. Uh, I mean, it would be it would be great if they would hire a minority to give it a new fresh look, a new fresh feel, and energy bring energy that will spark the team heading into the playoffs make it to make a deep run. Um, but let's move on to Jordan Love's debut. How do you feel about Jordan Love's debut? Were you more encouraged or discouraged after seeing what you guys saw in that last game? And I'll start with Jordan on this. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even really watch, watch him play. I mean, I thought, I thought a little bit, um, I thought a little, uh, like a few plays here and there. Um, but like he he stepped in when like he didn't really have a, a choice, but and he kind of showed out. But first game didn't really you know didn't really have it all. Uh, I don't really have much comic. I, I I didn't really see the game, but I mean he's still young, obviously still has a lot of talent to to show. Um, against the Chiefs, I mean well it was a close game too. Like what like it was like seven thirteen or something like that or so close game, but um. Mm. Yeah, I don't like I must too too much. I don't want to like. Kind well, of Brand, how do you how how do you feel about it, Brandon? Oh man, were I'm you more encouraged or discouraged? Uh, I think uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers' job is very uh, sound and secure right now. <laughs> I think the dumbest thing Green Bay ever did was draft uh Jordan Love. And listen, I I don't know much about Jordan Love. I know he didn't ball out. That's for sure. He had a uh, a subpar showing. He had a touchdown and an interception, but. Quarterback rating, I believe, in the 60s. Um, and, you know, I, they should have took that draft pick and put it towards helping Aaron Rodgers on the offense, getting in 
pieces. You have a generational quarterback. This is with a league with Patty Mahomes in it, with Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, and among all the others, Ben Roethlisberger at one point. Aaron Rodgers has always been a bad man and arguably the best talent. Maybe not the best quarterback, but the best talent in the league since he's uh, gotten the chance to start up in Green Bay. And quite frankly, um, I think his job's safe. I don't think Jordan Love is – I'm not saying he's not going to mount him. I'm saying we don't know enough about him, but I'm saying we shouldn't know enough about him because Aaron Rodgers should 100% be the main guy moving forward. And Green Bay needs to figure out what they want to do in the future. But for me – it doesn't even matter because you still got Aaron Rodgers for a bit, but you got to keep the man happy because he's not going to be afraid to walk away. Talk to me, and how do uh, what are your thoughts on Jordan Love's debut? Uh, did you like what you saw? Are you more encouraged or discouraged uh, that he will have a decent career going forward after this game? I know it's yeah. just one game, but yeah, I I personally like I was like Jay, I, I I was driving back from Baltimore. I was actually at the Raven game this Sunday, so I I only caught like a few minutes. I when I was sitting down to eat. And I think LaFleur has got to get a little bit of the blame for this start because they weren't letting him air the ball out. I, I didn't see – I maybe saw one pass from the, like, three drives that I watched that went further than five yards. They weren't letting him open it up. They were throwing little dink and dunk passes. And Kansas City's got one of the worst secondaries in football. Let the man try to do something with what he's got. I mean, I get that the receiving core is a little bit diminished, but Devontae Adams is there. He was throwing at Devontae Adams pretty much every throw. And Devontae Adams was he, – he, he had a decent game, but it's tough because when you're going against a terrible secondary like Kansas City and it is your first start, you want to throw the ball. But they just weren't letting him. They weren't letting him have those chances to open the ball up downfield and have like maybe a big play or something. And when they did, it was a really bad play and it was intercepted. And that was his only pick of the game. But, I, I mean – Kid's got a cannon. He's got talent. Uh, you don't get me wrong. He's got a great arm. I think he's a smart kid. Give him some time. I mean, he's sitting behind, one, like like Matt said, one of the greatest talents to ever play the quarterback position. I, I think Jordan Love, we're a little too harsh on rookie quarterbacks lately. I think it's, it's more of an issue with the NFL. Like Everyone's really impatient now. They want that guy to be right away. He's got to be the number one guy. He's got to show out in his first start that he's, the, he's our guy. But it's not like that. The NFL game is very fast. And it's very hard to grasp. And I think as a young kid like Jordan Love, who, who hadn't played football, he hadn't started a, an NFL game in almost two years because he had sit all last year. And he, he gets thrust into the action, and he's got a coach who's being very conservative with the play calling. It just wasn't a good mix. Kind of the fact that you see his mom and his, his girlfriend sitting all the way up in the nosebleeds. Well, Kansas City did him like really dirty with that, but – uh, it, it was just a, not a great combination. I think Jordan Love. We're gonna see some good football out of this kid. Give him some time. I, I think he'll, he'll he'll he won't be Aaron Rodgers. No, because no one's Aaron Rodgers. But he definitely will be a solid NFL quarterback. Hey, real quick, yo, his mom and girlfriend was up in the in the stands because they already knew nothing special was gonna happen. I, I get what you're saying. I, I I hear you, and I agree to an extent with the. The rookie quarterbacks, obviously, we all expect them to, uh, you know, make a big impact. But when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers go down, you know, good luck getting out from under his shadow. When you get that opportunity, it is a make or break situation for me. It's either, hey, I'm going to compete and the team might be comfortable moving forward with me 
if I actually go and do something because we know that they've been having a rocky situation. This is the perfect storm, that opportunity, that game. Go out there, ball out, bro. Maybe they move on from Aaron Rodgers and you're the starting position. It's not like we haven't seen it before. I mean, anywhere Drew Bledsoe went, Tom Brady takes the position. Tony Romo took the position. How about Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers coming in? Like, we've seen it before. Guys go down and you got to step up. And if you don't step up, then, hey, we might have to look somewhere else or we're going to just keep on sticking with the guy. So I don't think he made the most of the opportunity. I think he played it a little too safe. Maybe that was play calling. I you gotta let him throw these little easy passes, man, to get his confidence up. But at some point, especially when you have a wide receiver like we know Green Bay has, Aaron out there and try and make a play, man. Just take a shot. What's the worst that's gonna happen? You're already down. Like you got a couple of injuries. You're not, you're the backup quarterback who hasn't played a game in two years. Like just try to make something happen, dog. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say this. I mean, before you uh, put your opinion in that, um. I was going to say that, like, this could potentially be um, kind of like the Alex Smith, kind of like Mahomes. You know, Mahomes was, like, on the bench riding out for a couple a couple uh, seasons, maybe like a season. Um, you know, Aaron still started quarterback. But I think that, you know, as he gets better, as he learns, and as he gets um, to know the playbook better, um, I feel like he's not going to be like a Mahomes. But he, he, can, he can definitely, you know – be what the Packers need for the future. Um, and I don't mind him sitting out on the bench and, you know, when Aaron gets back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the same situation with Alex Smith and um, Mahomes, kind of like, you know, with the Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the future. Uh, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, uh, I do see your comparison as to, like, the Alex Smith situation. But it to me – it, it is different. It's a different type of pressure because there's a difference between coming in and filling in for Alex Smith. <laughs> like, like what, what has he really done? Yes, he's had good regular seasons, has won a, like, a few playoff games, but there's a huge difference between filling in for Alex Smith and coming in to do the job of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, like, come on. Like, we've already stated he's one of the most talented, if not the most talented quarterback of all time. I think it's close between him and Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick uh, Mahomes' emergence. Uh, would definitely put him in that running for most talented. But I think we're all in agreement that Jordan Love is no threat. I, I mean, zero. I mean, zero threat to Aaron Rodgers' job, okay? And I do agree with Brandon on the fact that they wasted a draft pick Jordan, drafting Jordan Love. They could have they drafted a defensive player. They could have uh, finally have drafted a, a first-rounder at the receiver position. I think I've heard somewhere that they only drafted – since Aaron Rodgers has been the starting quarterback, they only drafted one receiver or picked up one first rounder at the receiver position. So they could have went in so many other directions. But since they do have Jordan Love, I did watch a good portion of this game. So he completed 19 out of 34 completions. He had 190 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. And I do see understand what you guys are saying uh, as, as far as taking risks down the field, especially since you guys feel that they had nothing to lose. Um, but then again, it's his first game. Obviously, they want him to be familiar, familiarize himself with the offense, little dink and dunk passes. Um, uh, they relied on a running game very uh, heavily, um, with Jones coming out of the backfield. But um, I'm going to throw it to uh, Maddox. Do you have any other further uh 
analyzations or any remarks in the situation? Before we move on to the next topic, let me just say, man, that's fine. As we yeah. said, if those little dink and dunk passes, but if uh, if you just want to sit the bench and collect a check, that's on you, bro. But I, if that was me and I was, you know, blessed with that God-given ability and was able to work to get into that situation, just know I'm going to make the most of it or die trying. And quite frankly, I think you played it safe. And sometimes uh, the moment just calls you to take a risk, you know, just to see what happens because what, what what's going to – What's gonna happen, man? It doesn't work out. You're gonna be sitting behind him anyway, right. you know. If, or if it pays off, it's like, oh, now we got a little bit of a a little battle going on, and next season is gonna be very easy. And obviously, we're gonna be rocking with Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season. But next season, it's opens up the door for you. So I think he wasted the opportunity, but it is what it is. Yeah, uh, like Jordan said, I do see the talent that Jordan Love has. But my thing is, I think part of the reason why they didn't throw the ball down the field as much is because simply that the accuracy is just not there, especially on those mid-range uh, passes to long, deep passes. His accuracy, obviously, he's a rookie. He, that's going to improve as he uh, goes further into his career. But his accuracy, that's one thing I noticed. His accuracy is very poor. He does have a cannon. I did like him. Ext- he extended a lot of plays, very Russell Wilson-esque in that regard, Dak Prescott-esque in terms of keeping the drive alive keeping the play alive, uh, getting out of the pocket, throws on the runs. So I did like that aspect. But in, in terms of his overall play, I, w- I really wasn't impressed. Obviously, they only scored one touchdown. Like I said, he did have the interception. And if you look at the stats, the stats actually make it seem like he had a better game than, than I even think he played, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but Leo, if no one else has any more remarks, let's move on to the next subject. We're going to talk about the MVP race. Who do you guys feel are leading the MVP race? Uh, you can give me your top three or whoever you want to, however you want to do it. I'm going to start with Anthony on this one. Talk to me. All right, so as of right now, the three major MVP candidates right now in the NFL, I got to say are Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, and Matt Stafford. And I, I think Tom Brady right now is leading the pack because he's on pace to have like the most passing yards in NFL history. He's supposed to break Peyton Manning's record this year. At what, 40, is he 44 now? 44, 45? How old is he? Like, unbelievable. I get it, he has a great team around him, but to throw for the most passing yards in a single season in NFL history or be on pace for that at 45 years old, that might be one of the best accomplishments. Forget the seven Super Bowls. That might be one of the greatest accomplishments that Tom Brady has ever had. And then we look at Kyler Murray, who's leading one of the best team in the NFC right now. I mean, his stock did take a little bit of a hit after Colt McCoy shredded the Niners on Sunday because they could just show that a backup quarterback with that team could destroy. But Kyler Murray's been having an unbelievable season. Like he is truly developed as one of the game's great quarterbacks this year. I, I look forward to seeing what he can do rest of the year and see what he can do in the playoffs. And Matt Stafford just, just had a career emergence here, man, reemergence. Uh, the Rams, uh, the, uh, the, not like the second best team in the NFC, but still not the best in the division because of the Cardinals. But they, he, he made Cooper Cup into a top receiver in football right now. Now he's getting Odell. He's got a great offensive line. He's got a fantastic defense around him. And the Rams could definitely, like we've said before early in the podcast, they're right now championship favorites. So those three guys are who I really think could be a great like MVP race going forward. Maz, what do you think? Yeah, bro, I think uh, those are the candidates right there. You know, um, Matt Stafford has been phenomenal. I mean, 
He's been rocking. He's averaging right now for the season QB rating of 110. As we all know, that is really good. The top, the the, the absolute pinnacle number is at 153.8, I believe. Um, so just to like be averaging 110 is just ridiculous. I mean, 23 touchdowns and six interceptions is absolutely quality. Um, Kyler Murray for me, low key might get the nod if they keep winning because obviously we know winning plays a big uh, part into it. You know, so it, it's definitely interesting. And Kyler Murray, I feel like we don't talk about him enough. Um, you know, he does only have 17 touchdowns and he has seven interceptions. They have identical uh, passer ratings. He's also sitting right around 110. Um, but, man, it's just so hard to go against Tom Brady. I mean, the guy's the GOAT. Say what you want about him. You can knock this guy whatever you want, but he's a winner, bro. 44, almost 45 years old. Obviously, he's got a stacked team against them, but – how many people could still be playing with this amount of sharpness, this leadership, this passion? It's an honor to watch Tom Brady this year. And, you know, it just may, really makes you think, like, we slowly are getting into the point where the guys that, like, we grew up with or have gotten old. Ray Lewis ain't around no more, man. Peyton Manning ain't around no more. But Tom Brady, unbelievable. The man is still rocking here. I mean, listen, 20, 25 touchdowns, five interceptions, and he's a little lower at 108 um, passer rating, but I don't know. It's anybody's race. But for me, fellas, the real MVP is Cam Newton for getting back on a team. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Cam Newton reviving the career. Didn't think it was going to happen, but I'd love to see him back in Carolina. That's my MVP, so it doesn't even matter who the NFL's MVP is because my MVP is Cam Newton for keeping the career alive and getting back on a team this season. Didn't think it was going to happen, but here we are. Big J, how you feeling? Um, So y'all have, like, pretty good picks, but um, obviously I'm going to go with my boy Lamar Jackson um, because, listen, 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 listen. I'm taking my bias out of it. Um, Look. He's sixth in the league in passing. He's fourth in the league in rushing. And I know we had a bad game against Miami, but we still have some key marquee games coming up. We have the Bears coming up. I want to see. I want to see them play the Rams um, and the Packers. But I think it's going to come down to Lamar, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford. Man, two of the top three. And and Colin Murray is up there too. I mean, I know Brandon shaking his head, but I mean, like I saw the I saw the take on first take, man. Uh, like Stephen A. Smith went off. I was like, no, he this game that Miami game knocks off his candidacy for the MVP race. But I don't believe that. I mean, even Tim Tebow came out was like, yo, the man has is sixth in lead with passing yards and fourth lead with rushing yards. He's doing it on both ends now. You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, I got to go with my boy Lamar, man. So, Dude, how could you sit there and say that your bias is not in this? Are you absolutely – you got to be kidding me. I didn't, <laughs> listen, I didn't even mention Dak Prescott because of the showing that he had out against Denver this week. All right? But Dak is literally – listen, Dak is, is touchdowns. Your boy Lamar only has 14. Dak, I believe, has 18. Uh, Lamar has six interceptions. 
Um, I'm sorry, eight interceptions with a quarterback average rating of 93.1 as it sits right now. My boy Dak Prescott, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions, sitting at 108.7. He's putting up Tom Brady numbers right now. But he's a little more touchdowns to catch up. But at the end of the day, man, here we are. Dak also missed the game. Dak's having a better season to me than Lamar Jackson. Lamar is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But is Lamar Jackson should be MVP? This year, absolutely not. We just named three guys. I just added in a fourth because Dak's been playing better with, with him. And let's not forget about Josh Allen. You know, Josh yeah. Allen has been you know, pretty solid. The, the Bills, we were talking about them going to the Super Bowl. They still have a chance. I know it's been a little rocky. But, I mean, even, even um, Josh Allen, 17 touchdowns. Five interceptions, and he's sitting right around Lamar numbers with ninety-seven point one. So, unless you're going to talk about Josh Allen being MVP, I don't want to hear nothing about Lamar Jackson with their identical numbers. But so, so you, but I mean, not even close. So you, say, close. Jay, hold on. So, you so you're missing Dak Prescott, but like, look at the teams who we. I mean, other, other than the Buccaneers, who have they freaking played, bro? Don't look, matter. It don't the matter Eagles. who you're playing. The Eagles. It don't matter. Like, Eagles. Dog. It don't matter. Listen, any given Sunday, dog. You know who they play? They play Justin Herbert and the Chargers, all right? Justin so Herbert we. and the Chargers. And we smacked them, man. That's all right, bro. We beat them to a dub's a dub. It doesn't matter how you we get it done. We smacked them 39 a freaking six, man. Bro, it Come don't on, matter bro. as long as you get the dub, bro. I Listen, Brandon, if you're going to sit yo. there and throw in Lamar Jackson, that's fine. But don't you dare sit there and be like, I'm going to be unbiased about this. Get that Jay, shit out of here. Jay, Jay. <laughs> I love you. Jay, I love you, man. I'm a Ravens fan, too. We've all, we've, I love Lamar Jackson. He's my favorite player in football right now. But that game pretty much killed his odds, bro. Last night. I, I, it was you, don't just, think, you don't think if we come back and beat the Packers and beat the Rams in the same season, you don't think we're going to eat the MVP race? I, I mean – it could, but, but it can't. Yeah, but, but, I hate but look at the guys we talked about. We talked. I about watched the game last night. We Lamar had it, and one at a time. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, go, we, ahead. We, go ahead. We we talked about Tom Brady. We talked about Matt Stafford. We talked about Kyler Murray, Dak, Josh Allen. You, I, I get Lamar has the rushing a, aspect in his game, but you can't come here and say that he's having a better season than any of those guys that we just listed. He's a great talent. He's fantastic. You know I love him. You know I'm a Ravens fan. I root for Lamar day in and day out, but it, it's just not going to happen this year. That game Listen. really crushed our chances. Listen, of, of him we 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 all we all watched the game last night. Hopefully, and okay, Lamar had an average game, right? But it's not all on him, man. The like receivers weren't catching balls. Freaking Watkins had a had a catch but got stripped. A good pass. Um, our defense was was garbage, man. You can't really blame that on Lamar, man. Yeah, he had some bad throws, some underthrown balls, but I mean, I mean, you can't really blame all it. Yes, he's the quarterback. Yes, he makes mistakes, but that wasn't really all on Lamar last night, man. Hey, he, I got a question. Horrible. Yeah. When is it on him? Because week in and week out, it's never on Lamar Jackson. So what part is going to be on him? Big J, you just talked about strength of schedule. Y'all had a rough time against the Miami Dolphins. Let's not sit here and act like Tua Tagovailoa is the greatest thing since sliced bread, all right? He was great in college, but, you know, he's he's all right. He's all right, but come on, man. Get out of here. But, yo, Matt, we already heard from everybody. What are you feeling? No, I mean, I'm just doing the, the back and forth, man. I know they got the, the audience has their popcorn ready, but um, I'm – 
I have I do have Tom Brady in the lead for MVP as of right now. Not to say that Lamar is completely I don't agree with the I forgot who said it. I think it was Anthony, but I don't think he's just completely removed. Like like Jordan said, if he handles his business against the Packers, I think he can re-enter the top five. Um, but he let's just, let's be honest, he is not having the season that Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford is currently having. I mean, I know they're they're uh, coming off of a loss. But I, I feel before that loss, the Buccaneers had the most momentum besides maybe the Cowboys in the entire NFL. And uh, I think, you know what I think we're doing? I think we're undervaluing Kyler Murray. I haven't heard, I didn't hear much about that. Um, we, we forget, uh, we were one, if A.J. Green turns his, his freaking head around, they're undefeated. So, I mean, <laughs> like, we have to keep that in mind. So I'm definitely going to keep uh, Kyler Murray in the discussion. He's in my top He's three or four. I would say by now, right now, my top five would probably be Brady number one, Stafford number two. Then I might go. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about putting. I really am thinking about putting Kyler Murray at number three. So, um, did anybody have any comments on that? Dude, I, I like we said, bro. If they keep winning, Kyler Murray will be the MVP in my opinion. You know, no matter what Tom Brady does, let's be honest. Voter fatigue is a thing. Um, we don't talk about Kyler Murray because he plays in Arizona. If Kyler Murray was doing this in New York, he'd 110% be the league MVP and it wouldn't even be close no matter that what great seasons that Stafford and Brady are having. I think Stafford's going to get some love because people are seeing that he's actually a great quarterback um, and he's putting up numbers. He's getting wins because he actually has something other than one wide receiver around him. For the first time in his career, he actually is part of a whole team. So I could see him getting the nod. And people love greatness, man. So Tom Brady, too, is also in that. So it could go either way, man. Those are the top three picks. I I, I, I love Dak. I, I don't think he's in the conversation right now. I think he's hovering right outside of the conversation. Might slip in. But if we're talking top three, it's between those three and nobody else. Right. I think we do have to say Derrick Henry, if he didn't get injured. Obviously, he's completely out now. He has no chance. But – um, I also wanted to say, um, I think part of the MVP, uh, uh, odds of winning the MVP falls back on like storyline and, and, and the narrative. Tom Brady is like you said, a 44 year old quarterback and he's in second in passing yards. He's, I believe 25 to five interceptions. We, he has played against, um, other people's fathers who played in the league decades ago. And he's still there playing their children. Like that's insane. If you I, I, I think I saw a video but um, it was a mad. It was a, a video talking about like the different Maddens and how he was playing um the different teams back in the day from like 07, 06. and he's literally playing their children, the people from the mad old Madden games. He's playing against their children and still giving them that work. That's that's really insane. So part of that, I think Tom Brady does have the best odds because I think people want to see Brady win it at this age. We've never, we've literally never seen this before. So I think the narrative combined with the fact that he is playing like this. I honestly can see him winning, and I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be shocked. I, I honestly, even even if the Cardinals do keep winning, I still think they might give it to Brady just off based off the fact that Kyler Murray has plenty of more chances to win MVP. I know that may sound biased, like oh, wow, you're you're, you're giving them an award based off storylines, but that's what they do. That's what they do. The facts are facts. So I, I think Brady has the best chance of winning it this year. Hey man, you're talking about like narratives. Let's look at Kyler Murray though. You know, he, he's got the wins up for um, Arizona substantially. 
And he's doing all of this without Larry Fitzgerald. We don't talk about Larry Fitzgerald basically is retired, man. We thought he was going to come back. They're getting it done. Don't get me wrong. He got D-Hop, and D-Hop is a monster. But an Arizona team winning without Larry Fitzgerald in his first season out is insane. Larry Fitzgerald, dare I say, top five wide receiver all time, maybe. Definitely top 10, maybe in that top five. Just long. We talk about uh, Tom Brady's longevity. Larry Fitzgerald was giving kids the business at the wide receiver position. And as we said, like if he was winning championships and had better teams around him and had more control of games, like he's up there in that Brady status in terms of longevity and greatness. But that just speaks to Kyler Murray's uh, tenacity, talent, and, and ability and, and leadership for what he's been able to do down in Arizona. So we'll see what happens, man. But like we said, it's between those three, and we got some three solid narratives going right now. And wins matter. We know wins matter. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, so before we close out this, this, this topic, I just want to say the the MVP stands for the most valuable player, right? And I'm just looking at – I'm just kind of back up my – my talk about Lamar Jackson. Listen, he is our first quarterback this season to deliver three double-digit comebacks. I understand one's against the Colts, but everyone was saying we were going to lose to the Chiefs. I mean, even though it was a one-point game, we still won. He got the monkey off the bat, but he is our first quarterback to 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 come back three double-digit leads. I think they I think they were down like fourteen against the Chiefs. Or, or and they came back. They were down like twenty. I don't know how with the Colts, but I mean, I mean, stats speaks for himself, man. I'm I, I'm not just saying that because I, I like Lamar. I'm just I'm trying to back up my numbers, and um, he's definitely he's definitely a fighter, man. Um, at the time they were six and two. Um, before they lost uh to the Miamis. I mean, they, they, I mean, other than other than them not the receiver not catching the balls. I mean, we still, I mean, this is mid-season, like, predictions, man. Like, we still have, what, like, nine, eight more games left, ten more games left. Um, so, we'll see, man. But, I mean, obviously, Tom Brady can't uh, – he, he has to be in that talk. Obviously, like like Matt said, you know, 44, still, 44 years old, still kicking dudes' butts, uh, still doing his thing. Got Colin Murray. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is this mid-season predictions. Um, but I like the back and forth with me and me and Maz, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would never go at it. I'm just, like, I'm just backing up my stats. Well, let me back up my thing, right? We talked about the touchdowns, interceptions, and ratings. You know what? Lamar Jackson also has the most quarterbacks don't fumbles. He got more turnovers than anybody else because he's taken off and he can't hang on to the ball. He's excited when he takes off. But let's be honest, if you get a hand on him that ball be coming loose a little too often. So if we're going to look at the statistics and the way things are going, maybe if if he takes care of the ball a little better, you might have a better argument here, Jordan. But, my man, it ain't looking hot. We already just named at least five, four quarterbacks that have legitimately have better stats than him without the fumbles, for crying out loud. More touchdowns, less interceptions, less fumbles, it's a done set match for Lamar Jackson. He's I don't know what he could do because I don't see the other three that we just named slowing down. 
But I think we spent way too much time on this, and it's time to move on. I agree. I agree. Let's move on. It's like it's like Chuck and uh and Shaq inside the NBA right now. Right. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about let's shift to a different direction. Who do you believe has the best chances in winning the Super Bowl this year? I know we're still early. We're like halfway done with the season, but who are you rolling with at this point in time? If you had to pick um, the two Super Bowl or two uh, teams coming out of East Conference, who would you say are the, the best uh, teams to come out? Uh, I'll start with this one. At the NFC right now, I, I just don't see anyone beating the Bucs, bro. Just the way they've looked. And Tom Brady, you know, you know Tom Brady, sustained success in the playoffs. And – you add in that defense, you add the way they play against the quality of the opponents that they have played. I just don't see anyone dethroning the Bucks as the NFC champ this year. And at the AFC side, it's really a toss-up right now. You you really can't point out a single uh, AFC team that you could say is definitively going to win that conference. I mean, you got Tennessee, who's looked amazing. Buffalo's shaky, but they're still really, really good. Uh, the Ravens are really good. I think the Cleveland's making a little bit of resurgence right now. Chargers are really good. Uh, Patriots, Patriots have been playing very well. You don't know about the Patriots. Last time the, the Patriots had a first-year quarterback come in and walk in, they went all the way to Super Bowl and won with Tom Brady. I'm not saying Mac Jones is Tom Brady, but Belichick had a, had a hand in that. I mean, you can't have the Patriots. But if, if you add in all those teams together, I, I personally see – I'm going to say Buffalo. Still, I still, I'm still rocking with Buffalo. I still love Josh Allen. I think they're a mature team this year. Their defense is way better than they were last year, and they were a win away from the Super Bowl last year. I mean, Diggs is having a little bit of a rocky start. I think they'll iron that out. They, their rushing attack's got to get better, but I, I, I think the Bills are gonna when they get once they get to the playoffs, they're gonna be fine. I'm, I'm saying it's gonna be a Bills Bucks Super Bowl, and I think the Bucks are gonna take it again. They're gonna repeat. Uh, Maz, you have any of? Uh, I'm gonna toss it to you. How do you feel about uh, which teams are the, the best contenders and have the best odds of coming out? And give me your prediction on the Super Bowl. Yeah, Holmes, I'll, I'm gonna be honest. I will never bet against Tom Brady. There's not enough money in the world for me to bet against Tom Brady. The man's a goat. Um, but if you know, I couldn't choose Tom Brady. This Rams team is nice, man. It is stacked all over the place. Um, we'll see how it pans out. I think Vaughn Miller's making his debut very soon. Uh, OBJ shouldn't be making like a giant impact, but these are big uh, acquisitions. You know, Vaughn Miller's a stud. How, how do you how do you play against a defense that has, you know, Donald coming up the front, Miller coming off the side, and then even if you get out of their graphs, you got to throw in a coverage that's featuring Jalen Ramsey. You know, no, don't get me wrong, Jalen Ramsey – Maybe ain't what he used to be, but he's still really solid, man. He's still a top, you know. Jalen was top corner in football, man. He's still a top corner. That's what I'm talking about. He's like, you know, he he had like a little, he had like a little like stutter like last year. It, it's just like we don't hear about him as much because of who's coming up the center, and then you add Miller off the side, so it's just like it's deadly, man. Even if you escape the grabs, you got to throw into a secondary feature and Ramsey. Good luck with it. And then with the offensive side, I mean, they got weapons that, that is capable of leading as we've we've known. I think everybody's known this. Matt Stafford has always thrown up good numbers playing in Detroit, which is hard to do. So for me, I, I think it's really between those two teams. It doesn't even matter who, who comes out of like the AFC. It's going to be between the Rams 
and the Buccaneers. And I think the winner of that matchup will be our Super Bowl champion. Big J, talk to me. Who, uh, who do you feel are the best teams uh, coming out of each conference? Who are the best contenders? And what is your actual Super Bowl prediction? Yeah, actually, I'm looking at this, um, the records right now with each conference. Um, it's to, um, so, obviously, we can't go against uh, Tom Brady, so I think he, he they're going to get there. But um, if I if I didn't have to choose Tom Brady, uh, I'll have to say, like, uh, the Packers, man. With, uh, they can knock them off. Then we got um, the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Um, when he gets healthy, when he gets back uh, from the NFC. But definitely, if I'm going with the Bucks for sure, because you know that man Tom Brady, he's a goat, and he 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 found out a way to get there, man. Um, and the AFC, like and said, it's a toss up. You got the Ravens, got the Titans, got I would say the Chiefs, but no, nah, I don't think they're gonna get. I don't think they got it. Um, got the Bills still. Um, I think the Ravens will make a little a little run, but I don't think they're gonna get past like out the conference. But we'll see, we'll see. Um, but it's a toss up. It's a toss up. Uh, in the in the AFC, but possible prediction is probably the Buccaneers and the Titans. Okay, um, so I'm I'm I think we're all I I wasn't expecting you to say the Packers, which I I'm glad you did say that. Um, but I mean, like I, I mean, said, they were there last year, man, Aaron Rodgers and in the Bucks were there last year in the AFC right. uh, in the NFC uh, conference championship. So I mean, they're one win away of of, of getting there. So. Why not put him in the mix, man? Right, but I'm gonna go with I'm going to go with the Buccaneers as well. Uh, like you guys said, we can't bet against Tom Brady. He's done it so many times, time and time again and again. I'm just not betting against him. I I stopped betting against Tom Brady uh, around like 2014, so this is nothing new for me. <laughs> so, um, but I feel the biggest threat is the Rams, especially when you have a line that can generate that type of pressure. And that that's we all know that's Brady's great greatest weakness. He's not mobile. When teams get after him, that's when he is prone to make uh poor choices or he may start rushing things. You know what I'm saying? He may not uh he may not set his feet uh before throws. So I do feel with that defense and we already saw it. They're the they're one of the few teams um to actually beat the Buccaneers. They've already done it. Um now obviously the playoff is a different is a di- different type of atmosphere. Um, there's going to be a lot of different factors. Can Matt Stafford uh, live up to expectations? Is he overrated or are we judging him uh, accordingly? But um, in terms of the AFC, like it is a toss. This might be the most wide open I've seen the AFC in the last like five, ten years. I, I you literally can name five different teams, especially um, um the Titans not having Derrick Henry. That op- once that happened, that literally opened up everything. But if I had to go with a couple teams that are the best, I would say. The Bills, Chargers, and I'm I'm personally I'm not going to count out the Chiefs. I know they had a horrible starting. Patrick Mahomes has not looked that looked like himself as of late. It seems that defenses are starting to pick up on um, on how to play them. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to shock some people. I'm going to actually say the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to actually shock a lot of people. They have a great defense, really good offense. Uh, Herbert has a whole bunch of different weapons. He's very smart, very poised, having a very solid year himself. I can see them, um, if they don't get knocked off, I, I don't know if they're going to, obviously we don't know if they're going to have um, home field advantage. But I can see them making, I can see them definitely at least getting to the conference, uh, the, the AFC championship. I can at least see that. Um, so I'm, I'm right now I'm going to say Bucks Chargers. 
Um, but like I said, I, I think the Rams have a really good chance of knocking off Tom Brady. Uh, but now let's move on. We're going to switch from the NFL. We're going to talk about the NBA. Let's talk about the Lakers. How do you feel that they're doing at this moment? Do you feel that LeBron needs more help to, on the bench? Or do you feel like he has enough? They should be having a better record. Talk to me how you feel about the Los Angeles Lakers right now. I'm going to throw it to Jordan to start us off. To me? To me? Yeah. Gotcha, man. Um, I mean, I feel like that – I feel like LeBron, obviously, he's he's out with the abdominal strain. He's coming back soon. Um, I feel like, I mean, they need, I mean, they need more shooting, man. Because, like, in, in order to beat the Warriors, like, when Clay comes back, you need to be able to shoot. I mean, I mean, Bella Knight, my boy, Monk went off. He, he was going off. Um, got Carmelo Anthony still. But we need we need more fresher. We need more bench depth because I, I think Kendrick Nunn's still out. Um, you know, like like Trevor Reese is still out. I, I saw him in his street clothes on, on the bench. I, I'm not sure if he's hurt or not or COVID um, uh, protocol. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I think that I mean, like we say, um, it's still early. But I feel like we need to like get some get some more shooters, man, because LeBron he can't really like you know do it all himself. I mean, we got Russell Westbrook kind of you know there in AD. Um, but I mean, other than like Wayne Ellington and um, Malik Monk, he can't, they, they can't really do it all themselves. And like, we always say that these teams are getting better and better with the three pointer. Um, that's, that's the name of the game, man. If you, if like you, you live and die by the three pointer. Um, but I feel like with, with that, with that, that, with that main core with Russell, AD and LeBron, um, that's the cornerstone. They need more, like, you know, pieces. I mean, they got Carmelo, but they, they need more pieces to, you know, to help them out longer in, in the long run, um, especially in the playoffs. Because you can't – I'm saying the Lakers cannot – with the Warriors, they're hot right now. And with Clay coming back in December, mid-December, early December, even maybe later this month, I don't I don't, I don't, don't see – right now, them knocking off the Warriors right now because they are hot. But Lamar, but LeBron, he's he, he's gonna do his thing, but you know, but with these other teams, man, it's just like, wow, wow. And uh, um, before I throw it to Mads, I want to ask Jordan this: Do you feel that Carmelo Anthony should stay on the bench, or do you think, based on how he's played, because you said we do need more scoring, do you think his minutes should be increased, and do you think he should be in, uh, inputted into that starting lineup? How do you feel? Do you would you rather have him come off the bench? Or would you rather see him start, especially well, going into the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the question is, I mean, if he starts, who's going to be his replacement on the bench? I mean, who's going to be that? Right now, I need Carmelo to run that second team um, because we don't – if he starts – I mean, I, I I would love him being in the starting lineup right now with LeBron and um and AD and, and Russ. But, I mean, they're all – like, if you think about it, they're all ball-dominant players, man. They all – I mean, LeBron's more – he's getting older now. He doesn't need the ball – in his hands as much, but um, because Russell is taking that, that load off uh, LeBron's back. But I mean, the question is if LeBron, if Carmelo steps in to the starting lineup right now, who's going to be that 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 filler for that second team? Um, like like you said, he's going off right now, Carmelo, and I think that's the jump for that bench. But maybe if we get some more depth, um, maybe in uh, what's like the not free to see like the um, 
like at the trade deadline, maybe, maybe we'll get some more pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love the team in the start lineup, but not not right now, not right now. All right, so Maz, how you feeling about the Lakers uh, roster? Uh, do you feel that LeBron needs? I know we always say this more help. Um, how, how are you feeling about the uh, the Lakers roster? And do you think Carmelo should start at some point, or do you think he should stay on the bench? Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. I think the Lakers. Um, first off, they're gonna live and die by Russell Westbrook as long as LeBron James is out. Um. He's been struggling, man. He's been streaky. Uh, when he's on, they win games. When he's off, clearly they lose game. Um, I must say, my brother Jordan Jean Louis, that was the best take I've ever heard you have tonight. Because quite frankly, I've been a little biased since that Lamar Jackson take. Are you saying that Carmelo should not be in the starting lineup? I, I 100% agree with you. I love Melo. What about one of the greatest scorers the game has ever seen? You know, but he's leading that second unit. He's doing his thing. I can't remember the last time the Lakers had scoring off the bench like this. In a long time, I cannot name one person who came off the bench in my lifetime that was doing this work that Melo is. We're talking potential sixth man of the year. He's doing his thing. I want him nowhere near Russell Westbrook right now for the sole fact of they both need the ball to do their thing. You know, and it's just going to be a headache. Russ is already having, you know, a, a hard time. Adjusting, but it's just another ball dominant guy. It can work with and Davis because both of them can play off the ball, you know. But Melo, um, not that he struggles with it, it's just you know, for Melo to be most effective, he needs the rock in his hand. And we're gonna live and die by Russell Westbrook. He needs to get it together, otherwise, you know, the trade deadline is coming up and you could see what potentially is there. But I like Russ, I don't want him to leave, but I just need more out of a former MVP. I need more consistency, I need more leadership. And they need to get it together. You know, I thought there was going to be a spark plug uh, when Dwight Howard and Davis got into the little scrap. But it's just, it's been mediocre for me. You know, it's, it's not the worst case scenario. But from what I expect from this team, this is this is pretty bad for me. And they better turn it around because I'm sick of looking at these teams the Lakers bring in. Y'all remember when Kobe, they brought it, they had Kobe and Powell brought in Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, and it still didn't work out. They brought in freaking D'Antoni, too. He was the reason why that didn't work out. But that's for another time. I'm sick of these big teams coming to L.A. and not getting the job done. But that's how I'm feeling. AC, how about you? Hey, second, and before you go in, I want to also ask, and uh, based on, a, obviously, we don't, I don't know what you're going to say yet, but if you do feel that the, the Lakers do, in fact, need more debt, would you uh, like seeing the Lakers – uh, ship Russell Westbrook, in a, maybe even in a package deal to get more bench depth. Do what would? How would you uh, uh look at that situation? What are your thoughts on that? First off, the Lakers are not trading Russell Westbrook. They put an investment on him, and I think they're going to try to ride it out. And and I think we always are really quick. It, it seems really early. It's twelve games in for them. Russell Westbrook is a one of the greatest point guards ever played the game. He's definitely top fifteen. And I know it's 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 common to panic when things aren't going your way, but you got LeBron James, you got Anthony Davis, yep, Melo come off the bench like you say, he's having 17 a game. Don't panic yet. It's always it's always easy to panic, but sometimes it's harder to just take a breath, let the Lakers go. They just won a, a really tough overtime game against Miami, where they 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 looked really good in that overtime period. I, I think that. The Lakers are going to be fine. I mean, Russell's definitely got to get better, as Matt said. He, he's not playing up to his potential. 
I think it starts with his shooting. He's definitely got to start putting in the work on the shooting side of the ball, but he still does everything else in his game. If he continues to rebound well, continues to pass well, I still think the Lakers are definitely a top team in the Western Conference. And I think maybe even a top team in the NBA. I mean, we were talking about it a few weeks ago. Remember, me and Maz would have our debates every podcast regarding who was better, the Lakers or the Nets. And now, not even two weeks later, we're already saying, oh, no, the Lakers are panic time. We're in panic mode. We're already ready to run it off the season. I, I'm not in that mode yet. I don't think the West, Westbrook should get traded. I think Westbrook is going to be a Laker the whole year. I think Westbrook's going to get better. And I think the Lakers are going to have a very good season. Matt, you want to rebut? Yeah, let me just say the reason why I'm panicking is because of that Miami Heat game. Jimmy Butler played 12 minutes and went down. And we went into overtime. We with the talent that we have, and don't get me wrong, you know, we know as my boy Rick Ross, Renzel, Rose likes to say the Spolstra Nostra. Ha! You know, Spolstra Nostra is real is real down in Miami. They got dogs, but with Jimmy going down, I felt like we we definitely should have pulled ahead. We shouldn't have went into overtime. I didn't like that the game was as close as it was. I mean, dude, Tyler Hero has been killing it this year and he torched us. But even so, like I said, their main man, Jimmy Butler, goes down. Kyle Lowry had an okay night, but he shot 5 of 14. And we're going into overtime. Like, those are the games that we need to take uh, initiative, man. We, we really need to pull it together and, and get the dubs. I mean, Westbrook turned it around. I, I was watching that game live, and shoot numbers were not looking that good. But he ended up finishing the game with 25 points and, and shot 10 uh, for 22 from the field. And actually went three from seven from three-point presser for Westbrook, you know. So I am a little I am a little nervous right now. I still have faith in the Lakers. It's just I've seen super teams not pan out here, and I am definitely jumping the gun. I'm not looking to move Westbrook, but if he doesn't turn it around, I don't know what you do because sometimes the yips happen, man. But he's a stone-cold dude, former MVP. Nobody has a better motor in the game, and I think he'll figure it out. Now, <clears throat> let me start off by saying this. I do think Lakers do have enough depth. I, I don't think they even need more depth. I, I like Wayne Ellington. I like Carmelo coming off the bench as an explosive elite scorer, someone that can give you 20, 15 to 25 every night. Um, obviously, they have Rondo. Um, I, I think their bench is good enough combined with their starting lineup. They have the talent to, uh, to make a deep run uh, in the playoffs. But one thing I will say, and Maz already knows where I'm going with this. Now, I am a huge Ron John Rondo fan. I have been a, for my – he's the one that got me into basketball. But I am not including any bias in this. Um, the famous the famous tape, yep, baby. Exactly, exactly. You already know I'm coming. Um, I do believe, if not – let me say this. Let me start by saying this. My main thing is I do believe Rajon Rondo is a better fit, all right? I don't believe he's a better – in no shape or form is he a better complete player than Russell Westbrook. I am not saying that. But I do think Rondo is a better fit for the signing lineup. One, because he has the best chemistry on the team with Anthony Davis. That is a fact. He played with them in New Orleans. And Rondo is at his best when he's uh, playing alongside an elite big. We saw with Kevin Garnett and DeMarcus Cousins. He's at his best when, he's, when he has an elite forward or center on his team. Uh, that's elite, especially a two-way player like Anthony Davis. He has the second best chemistry on the team of LeBron James uh, after Anthony Davis. We've already, we've, what I'm saying is we've already seen this work with him having a significant role on the team. They already run. He doesn't have to prove it. Russell Westbrook, 
we haven't seen it. And I think, like you guys said, I do think he can improve as the season goes on. But I don't think by that much. This is who Russell Westbrook is. He is an inefficient, ball-dominant, horrible shooting superstar. That's what it is. He's averaging, what is he, 19, 9, and 8? I don't see he. I don't see him averaging close to 30 points, obviously, because they have LeBron and AD on the team. I think at best he can get close to 25. But what, what are you going to get? You're going to get high usage out of him. You're going to get a, a good amount of assists because he's always going to he's always running downhill trying to uh, get into the lane. He dri- likes to do driving kicks. Or if the defense, the big man comes and help, he likes to dump it off to the cutting cutting center. I don't think Russell Westbrook's style or stats are going to change that much. I think this is who he is. High usage, high turnovers. And yes, he is one of the best superstar talents in NBA history. But also, he's in terms of winning, a formula for winning, he is one of the worst super talents affecting the game to get. How do you think Kevin Durant left? Kevin Durant, regarding him as a top three player in the NBA, some of you guys may have him the best player in the NBA. He left Russell. He said, I cannot win with this guy on my team. That's exactly what he said. He said, I'm going to play with Steph a person who can move without the basketball, a player who, who can shoot from anywhere on the court. I can't win with this guy. He, 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 he cannot be the leader of the floor general on the team. And that's why I think Rondo can be very valuable, especially in the playoffs where he up. He's way less um, – he's way more efficient, I mean. Um, he's a way better shooter. And I know people say, Rondo can't shoot, Rondo can't shoot. First of all, let me say this. For the last three years, including this year, whereas I think over the last two games, three-point percentage has dipped. I know uh, for a while it was above 40 but for the last three years, Rondo has been above a 40% three-point shooter. He has, like, for the last three years. And even before that, he was in the high 30s. Russell Westbrook, what is he at, like, 13%, 19 So even though Rondo, of course, he's not a scorer, but I don't think the offensive line, I don't think the starting lineup needs They need someone who can limit turnovers, put people in different positions to score, and have Russell come off the bench and pro- provide another, um, another scoring option off the bench. Because who would you rather? I'm going to ask him as this. Who would you rather Russell Westbrook drive and kick to? Would you rather see him drive and kick to Anthony Davis and LeBron or Carmelo Anthony and Malik Monk? So I'm going to say Rondo uh, would be a better finish starting lineup. I'm going to tell you right now I'd rather uh, Westbrook dish it to uh, LeBron and AD because then Westbrook has a thing, has a mindset of taking things into his own hands, and it's not always the best uh, equation for success. So if you have LeBron and AD – He's going to be thinking, hey, I, I have teammates I can actually rely on. I don't have to do everything by myself. Where it's, if it's him, Melo, and Malik Monk, it's going to be like, all right, I got Melo. That's what he's going to be thinking. I got Melo if I want him. But me and Melo couldn't really get it done in OKC, even though that's my boy and we're cool. But at the end of the day, man, uh, former MVP, Rajon Rondo has been a quality point guard in the NBA over the years. But the fact of the matter is he's old. Um, age is catching up and man, he, he's averaging fit. Like he's averaging 15 minutes a game this season in the games that he has played. He's averaging like 3.7 points and the field goal percentage has been absolutely awful. My man. I mean, he's averaging 30%. So it's not even like, Oh, Rondo just needs more minutes. It's Rondo. You got 15 minutes and you've been inefficient. We already have an inefficient point guard who offers more than you. We have an inefficient former MVP who's more athletic, probably plays better defense because he's more mobile, gets rebounds, gets assists, and can score, has more scoring options than Rondo just because he's more athletic, 
and has a better motor and quite frankly is more talented. So I'm going to keep rocking over Rondo. I'm not saying that Rondo shouldn't be getting any minutes. I'm just saying the bulk minutes should be coming to Westbrook and until Rondo starts becoming more efficient within his 15 minutes. You know, Rondo contributed to that team, yes, but this is a completely new NBA. This is an animal this season. And quite frankly, the Warriors coming back really scare me, man, especially with Clay. You know, let's not forget the Lakers won that championship with Clay out. So I'm sorry, the uh, the Lakers won that championship with Clay sitting out. They didn't even really have to face the Warriors, and that's the biggest threat. So, real quick before we move on, I just want to rebuttal that uh, really quickly. Yes, I do understand what you're saying. He hasn't shot the best from the field, but part of that is I feel like he 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 keeps skipping games. Some feels like he plays a whole bunch of minutes and then take him out. The next game he plays no minutes. I feel like in order to get a rhythm, a shooting rhythm, you have to get more reps. He he hasn't even played uh like five, I don't think he's played more than like seven consistent games yet. So I think if he did was allowed to get some more minutes, that shooting would come. I think um I, I don't know if you watched that Hornets game the second time where they blew the 19 point lead, but one even though Carmelo went crazy, the re went uh in the late in the third quarter when it was still a, a toss up, we, we didn't know who was gonna win. It was Rondo that came in the game and got eight assists in 12 minutes and literally gave them that nine-point lead, a 12-point lead, excuse me, and then obviously he got ejected. And then what happened as soon as he got ejected? The, that, that lead that he got them literally evaporated just like that when Russell Westbrook. We saw a turn off, turnover after turnover after turnover. Uh, they did still win the game, so I give credit to uh, where it's due. But I do feel that uh, just for the starting line, I do feel that Rondo would be a, a better serviceable option you know especially in the playoffs going forward but let's move on to the next subject let's talk about more keith morris and nikola Jokic. that whole situation obviously in the nuggets game where uh, Jokic had did that cheap shot on marcus morris i'm gonna start with anthony on this one talk to me how do you feel about that situation did you like the fines do you feel like the the punishment was fair to both players talk to me i thought nikola Jokic was perfectly in the right that was a cheap shot by morris it was a half-court shot, so it, more than likely it wasn't going in. And Morris came in pretty low on that hit, trying to, like, take out his body. So Jokic, understandably frustrated. I would be too. And Morris turned his back to him. And I, if you listen to Inside the NBA, uh, Chuck and Shaq were talking. Shaq goes, if you hit me like that, you better not turn your back because I'm coming at you. And I, I'm perfectly with him. If you were going to take me out and do a cheap hit on me, you are not turning your back on me because I am going to come back at you and try to hit you. Uh, what were the punishments, by the way, regarding that situation? I didn't really. I believe uh, um, Mark. Um, I believe Markeith got a fine. I th- or or Jokic got. I think Jokic got fined, and Markeith got spent like one game. I think or. Good. I, I, don't, this. I don't think I Jokic should have got suspended. That that Jokic was perfectly. I, I think the NBA is. Really, like it's this sort of stuff. Fifteen years ago, would not even be a story. This stuff would happen every night. Nowadays, th- this stuff happens. It's a little skirmish, little little push and shove match. It's all over the NBA tabloids for three days. And now we gotta get fines out. We gotta get suspensions out. Basketball needs that element of physicality back. It's too much baiting and coddling these players. I know this year the NBA has made a, a like a. a how I say it, like a an issue, like a, a statement to 
swallow the whistles. I, I've seen a lot more, like less being called this year, but I, I think it, that sort of got arranged to the physicality. Let the guys push around a little bit. Let the guys show all their their, their emotions a little more. And I, and then I think that it's better for the game and it's better for the product that the NBA is trying to sell. Maz, what do you think? Yeah, Doug, I'm going to be honest. Though. When I first saw the play, I was like, when the hell did Jokic become gangster, bro? Like, what's happening? Like, you know, and then the more, like, I watched, like, the play over, I've been seeing it all week, and I heard Shaq and, and um, Chuck talk about it, and they kind of changed my opinion a little bit. You know, looking at that, like, it wasn't even a basketball play. Like, it was just a hard foul on him to let him know, like, what's good. And, you know, we've seen the Morris twins, like, kind of get chippy before. You know, they're, they're known for it. It's 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 a fun facet of the game that they bring. You know, I love the physicality that the twins bring. And I like hard basketball. I love when you just let teams play, you know. But that, was, that wasn't even a basketball play. He was trying to, you know, send a little message. And he turned his back to him. So what are you going to do? Like, is Jokic just not supposed to respond? I mean... I mean, yeah, he's a team leader, especially with uh, Jamal Murray being out. He needs to be a little more under control and, and definitely stay on the court. He so this he ended up getting suspended one game, and Markeith Morris got fined fifty thousand um, dollars for the incident. But at the end of the day, Jokic really didn't do anything that wrong. You know, he took a cheap shot and he responded. You know, he met the same amount of force. With the same amount of force. The only thing why it looks so much worse is because uh, Markeith Morris's back was to him. But if he would have just shoved him in the chest, we would we be talking this much about it? I don't know. And as you said, this is the new NBA. It's been soft for years. We're trying to get back to that hard-nosed basketball. So we'll see. Big J, how you feel? Yeah, but the, so I didn't watch the game live, but I saw the highlights on Instagram on the um, like house highlights of like Blizzard Report, and but I didn't see the initial play before. Like I don't know what sparked Marky Morris to, um, like, uh, like call attention to, to Jokic, but um, like I did see the play where you know that scuffle, and I and to be honest, I loved it, man, because like. It reminds me of like the you know old school nineties you know, you know remind me of that you know what I'm saying like the Robins and the um like the Robin scuffle in the um in the Malone like you know when I saw it in the last dance, but um obviously the NBA is gonna you know be like well, wait a minute we can't over like we can't do this that's why they find both of them and I think suspended one of them for one game. I, didn't, I mean, I'm actually shocked that NBA didn't suspend Lucas for more games, but I mean, just because it's, it's the league. Um, but he, he and he got lucky with that. And but the thing that's funny is like on Twitter with the with the Jokic brothers, it's just hysterical, man. It's like <laughs> it's like oh, meet me outside the meet me outside the arena. Uh, we got you, uh, Marquis. You know, I like they're they're always heated. Like they're Marquis brothers. The, the the Jokic brothers are scary, man. I haven't seen like stuff about them. Like they apparently, are scary looking. Dudes, apparently, man. a couple of years ago, I saw something. Um, it wasn't the same players, but it was like I saw a highlight. One of the brothers was like, "I'm gonna get you." Like he was like courtside. Like they're always getting into it. I I love the scuffle. Um, 
But I mean, it was kind of a dangerous play because I mean, Marky had his back turned, and I felt like he was hurt. He was like, you know, on the ground for a, a couple a couple minutes. But I mean, I loved it. But obviously, the NBA is gonna you know set the bar, and like you can't be doing this. Um, but Matt, man, what do you think, man? Like, what do you like about it? Well, first, I, I do think Nikola Jokic was justified. I mean, that was obviously a cheap shot. He he pushed him right in his ribs, and I think that was more dangerous being pushed in midair than to have uh, your back turned. I mean, whose fault is that? It's not your fault. One of the first things uh, when you're learning how to fight, they tell you to keep your eyes on your opponent, not to turn your back. That's, that's like one of the first things in war and fighting. I mean, you don't you don't turn your back on the enemy. Why would you Why would you do something like that and then walk away like everything's good? Like you, that, that just goes to show you what he actually thinks of him. He must think he's just soft or someone that like he wouldn't stand up for himself. Because why would you like obviously do a throw a cheap shot and literally just turn your back as soon as you do it, he must have obviously he wasn't expecting him to uh, to retaliate. But I do feel that the the fine is justified. I think both of them should have got fined. Should Nikola Jokic got suspended? I think one game is good enough. Cause like I said, Markeith uh, started that. They have a reputation of being those you know edgy players that are borderline. You know, I went. I don't want to call them like they don't that they 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 play dirty, but they they definitely uh, they do approach that line. Um, but one thing I wouldn't say this is 90s basketball. That's not let's not take it too far, Jordan. I wouldn't say this is like the 90s of the days when Michael Jordan was getting put on his ass by Detroit. But I do would say this reminds me of early 2000s. This does remind me of, of when Kobe, uh, when Shaq first left Kobe and it was just Kobe on his team. This does remind me of the early 2000s. But to say the 90s, I can't go that far because I, I it was, I mean, it was way too much. No, like I mean, I, like I would say like late 90s, like early 2000s, like. That it said that one play remind me of like that of like what we missed like, since we're all young, like we missed that era. Like this reminds me of like you know what what could have transpired back in those days, like with, with that happening. But now with the whole rule changes and all that, like it's soft now. But it, it, I mean, it was the entertainment, man. It was like UFC, man. Like and, and you, you know what's you know what's so ironic to me is now that we're switching to more of like a, a, like they're letting stuff start to slide. It's more. They're not uh, calling those baby calls, those uh, James Harden s calls that where the player draws, initiates contact first, and they they stopped all that. So I do like that, but it's funny to me how we're starting to switch to European rules when the whole narrative and notion was that European players were soft. But now we're starting to use their rules in our game, and we're starting to head in that direction. Because remember, you at Team USA was struggling in the um, during the um, the Olympics. Because they were had a hard time adjusting to those rules. They started out very slow for a moment there. We weren't even we were starting to worry where they even get gold plates. You know what I'm saying? So it's it just funny to me how all these years we knocked European rules, but now we're actually starting to incorporate their rules and way of officiating. So I thought that was just funny to me. Any remarks on that, Brandon? Yeah, fellas, I'm gonna just leave it at this. In the words of the great Swiss beats, don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. You want to start something, there's gonna be something. You know, and that's what it is. If you go, if you go take a shot like that, you better you don't turn your back because you gotta be expecting a shot coming through with it. We already seen like and listen, the Jokic brothers, they get hyped up, and those guys listen, they're, they're two goons, and you know, they're they're uh they're big boys, you know, and they look like they put in work. I'm sure the Morris twins put in work too. I would pay. To see that fight, I love fighting, man. You know, I just saw the goat Canelo get uh that that undisputed belt. 
with the knockout. I would I, I watched the whole UFC event, you know, with Kamar Usman taking down Kobe Covington. I would pay to see the Jokic brothers versus the uh the Morris twins, man. Also, we got Jimmy Butler uh, got fined for. Facts. I was just about to say that Jimmy. He's like, like, Jimmy oh. he's like, he's like, yo, come see me, come see me after the game, bro. I mean, love that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the picture of the the Heat locker room after the game? They were all just like standing, like staring outside the door, like just see, menacing. Radio. That reminded me. That reminded me of a few years ago. I think it was the Clippers. Yeah, it was the Clippers. Yes. The Clippers, yep. It was the Clippers. I'm not sure. It was against the Warriors. Mm. I don't believe what team, sure. but I remember like I know when Ann, the Clippers. Like when Ann said that, like it reminded me of like that after the game when like, like they were all in the locker room and they came like through the back door. Yo, that shit was crazy, bro. Like that reminded me of that shit. Like was right. it you have Houston with James Harden? I think it I think it was, yeah, it was Houston versus the Clippers. Houston, that, Houston, Houston versus yeah. the Clippers. And I'm not was, sure what the situation I forgot what the situation was about, but the same situation where like you know, after the game they were all in the locker room and they came through the back way and sure I'm pretty crazy. sure it involved Chris Paul more than likely. Yeah. <laughs> oh it did, no, it did. I'm pretty was, sure it did. It was yeah. Chris Paul and James Harden. I remember having like the beef. Right. Um I can't remember if Matt Barnes was there. I think he might have been a part of it too, but it, it got bad. Where it was like, you know, they were going to see each other like in the locker room. But right, let me just yeah. say this Jimmy Butler. Is my number one pick in the NBA for a man to have my back going into a fight? He had no part of that and was absolutely ready to throw down over that foul. I would say, You could see me, you could see me too. And I full blown believe Jimmy be backing up his words because he's yeah. been a dog, ultimate competitor, not the best talent, but he's up there in terms of talent. And he's he, where he is because of fighting the odds. And, and, and grinding and fighting all day, man. He's been fighting his whole life, and that's a guy that I'm going to take 10 times out of 10, especially when it comes to scrapping. If Zach Randolph was still in the league, I would say I want that guy into a fight. That guy was tough, man. Zach Randolph. Yeah. No, I would, def- I would definitely say – Don't get me uh, wrong. I got a lot better – uh, but there's some guys that I would prefer talking that early 2000s. I said, uh, my bad. I said, don't get me wrong. Talking that early 2000s, 90s, there's some guys I'm taking over Jimmy. But as it stands right now, Jimmy or Draymond Green are probably my choices to back me up in a fight. But, you know, Ron Artest is still a, is still yeah. a person. You know? Sorry, Meta World Peace, the panda's friend, whatever he's going by <laughs> these days. You know, I would agree, man. If I had to get in a fight, man, if I had to choose, I'm definitely choosing Jimmy Butler. Um, but I'm, you know who I'm definitely choosing right after Jimmy Butler? Marcus Smart is a dog. Marcus Smart is no joke. That man risked his damn near his life on that court, man. Him, Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, I love those players who have edge to them. Um, obviously, they may not be the most crazy elite talents or winners, but in those regards, they're definitely the at the highest uh, pedestal in terms of that. Um, but let's talk about who do you think is going to get... Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Who do you think has the, the best chance of coming out of the West and the best chance of coming out of the East? I'm going to start with Anthony on this one for the finals, obviously. Yeah, so it, it's still very early to call who we really think is going to happen. Out of the Eastern Conference right now, there are three teams that really come to mind right now. It's the Sixers, the Bulls, and the Nets. I'd, I'd say in that order, like uh, from highest to lowest. I think the Sixers have just looked really well, even without Ben Simmons in their lineup. Embiid's playing well. I think they got 
great depth. I'm trying to think who else they have on that team, but like they've been playing good. I, I mean, the, the Knicks are kind of their kryptonite right now. I, I think the Knicks also are very good coming out of the East, but that that's just the, the the one team I think that's really been playing well. But also the Bulls. Remember me and Maz, we always just gush over the Bulls every. It feels like, it seems like every podcast we just gush over the Bulls. They have just looked phenomenal. I mean, Vucevic just got on the COVID list uh, yesterday, so he'll be missing a few games, but. Jim, uh, what do you think? Uh, Lonzo Ball, Levine, DeRozan, Caruso. That team is just really come on. Like we thought they they could have been a team to watch out for, but we didn't think they were going to be this good out of the gates. I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Chicago. And then I said the Nets because the Nets are the Nets. I mean, you, you got KD and Harden for a reason. KD's playing like an MVP right now. I think he's averaging close to 30 points a game. He, like we thought he was washed, but not anymore. So if I had to pick out of those three teams right now, I think the Bulls are definitely playing the best out of the three. But if I had to pick a team to go all the way in the Eastern Conference, I'd probably still have to stick with the Nets because okay. they're, they're, they're getting better. But they, they haven't played up their potential yet. They haven't beaten a really good team yet, but it's going to come. It, it, it's It's not there yet, but – now moving over to the Western Conference, teams that I've I've really liked out of the Western Conference, Utah I've really liked, Denver I've really liked. Um, I, I still think the Lakers, like well, like we said before, that they could definitely get better. I'm not panicking yet, like you guys are, because you're Lakers fans, so you're gonna panic. But uh, I, I still think the Lakers are in a good spot. Suns, the, the Western Conference champs, they're they're definitely uh, up there. Um. If I had to pick a team out of the Western Conference, though, um, I think the Jazz might do it this year. I think they might they might come out of the West. I'm really liking the Jazz, man. They're playing really solid basketball. I, I love. Uh, I mean, they just had that that big incident the other night with uh, with Gobert and Miles Turner getting ejected, but he was on the Pacers. But uh, you know what? I'm I'm going dark horse Jazz versus the Nets in the finals as of right now. I like the conference. Before I throw this to uh, to Brandon, you don't you don't Anthony, you don't feel like the Warriors are gonna be a huge factor. Oh, I, I, I forgot about the Warriors. I definitely yeah. once Clay gets back, they're definitely gonna be a good team. But uh, yeah, I, I'm still you would you would wait. So you you would you still feel that the Jazz have a higher chance of winning? Or oh, I, I forgot the other teams you mentioned. You think they have a better chance than the Warriors when Clay comes back and with uh, Wiseman coming back? Yeah. Okay. For sure. All right, Brandon. What are your thoughts? I'm, I'm picking oh, the dark man. horses here. I'm picking the dark. Okay, horse. you know my man AC just uh, loved it to make he, he take a he take an avenue that's uh, different from the rest of the cut, and I do respect it. Well, let me just say the Utah Jazz are going to do their last year. They're going to have a solid regular season. They're going to get to the uh, the uh, playoffs. You know, they might even be a first or second seed. I'll give them that. I think it's right now it's the Warriors to lose because even without Clay, they're killing it. And I don't think any of us saw them doing this. This has just been spectacular. But the reason why I have no faith in the Jazz is because their coach isn't good. Okay. We saw the Clippers dice up Rudy Gobert. He had Rudy Gobert in that awful zone where, you know, two up front, two down there, chilling in the middle, basically running for his life back-to-forth corner threes that he just couldn't cover, and the coach refused to switch back to a man defense. Uh, Quinn Snyder, is, is it 
Is it Dan Quinn? Yeah, Dan Quinn, right? Head coach. Dan Quinn, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I, I have no faith in him after that. I, and everybody's like, oh, you know, it, it was just one series. I don't care, man. It was the easiest adjustment. I swear, a kid that just started playing basketball could have made that adjustment. All you had to do was go back into man and defense. I do not trust this coach at times. I do not trust him in critical moments because, as we said, all he had to do was switch back to man defense, and the Utah Jazz might be just might be NBA champions and not the Milwaukee Bucks. But nonetheless, as I said, it is the Warriors to lose right now. I like to see the Lakers. I have confidence in the Lakers turning it around. I think the West is, you know, gonna be awesome. But for me, as it sits right now, I think it I'd be lying if I said it wouldn't be the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors. Bulls are looking awesome. Let's see if they can sustain it. This is going to be some trying times without uh, Vucevic, you know, and the Lakers need to turn it around. Bron's got to get healthy and Russell Westbrook's got to get his mind right. But, you know, anything could happen in the NBA. That's what I love to see. Can't even count out, you know, the Knicks have been killing it too, you know, grinding. Um, The Wizards are sitting at the top of the, the East right now for crying out loud. Somebody give Bradley Beal his flowers. Somebody please right, give thanks. Bradley Beal his flowers. You never know. They got Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's a baller, dude. You know, so it's really – this year's really up in the open. I can't remember the last time we've had this many teams in either conference. Possibly contending, man. So what you think, man? Yeah, I definitely uh, <clears throat> agree with you. Um, obviously, I got the Lakers up there in the mix. Um I mean, you can't forget about my boy in Dallas, uh, Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, my boy going off um, in the West. Um, I'm looking at the stats, man, like, like the records. Um, I mean, Golden State's up there. Um, and like I said earlier in the podcast episode, um, with Clay coming back with the Warriors, um, looking good. But who knows how, like, um, who knows how he's going to be. Because uh, he hasn't played since like what 2018, 2019. Um, still one of the are we one of the best shooters of all time with Clay Tom- or with um Steph Curry. Um, but yeah, like uh, I'm not really I'm not really giving up faith yet with the Lakers. I mean, still like 12 games, 13 games into the season with LeBron coming back into the mix after his injury. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, out of the West, I see it, it's tough. I mean, can't forget about John Morant and the Grizzlies. Uh, He's a dog, but I don't really see them like really getting far. But I mean, who, who knows? Um, in the east, we got, I mean, uh, Philly, even without Ben Simmons, I mean, they're still looking good. Um, I mean, I look at the, uh, Milwaukee is like six, six or seven right now, but you can't forget about the, the championships last year. Giannis didn't kick it up with notch all the season, who knows? Um, but I mean, I, I still think it's the Nets and they, uh, in the Lakers, man, in the finals, man, like, um, that's that's my final prediction, man. But yeah, yeah I think it's it's wide open, man. Like, cause it's, it's still early. So. Yeah, I was gonna say this is it's crazy how this is the most wide open maybe the NFL and NBA have been in years. Like both leagues, it's just we don't know. I mean, we're at the NFC, we, we are expecting Brady uh, to come out, but in terms of the AFC and then just like this right here, man. It's really up in the air. But if I had to say right now, the Warriors do look the best. This Because look at what they're doing without Klay Thompson. 
a top three shooter in NBA history who can who's a two-way player. They're doing all this without a two-way player who can get even hotter than the greatest shooter ever. So that that that's insane. Um, I do feel the Lakers, obviously, LeBron James has that similar effect as Tom Brady does. Like, we're not LeBron because LeBron, what did he have, like 10 or nine straight finals appearances, if I'm not mistaken? So, like, we, obviously, I'm not going to count on LeBron. But one team that I'm going to throw out there, and I know a lot of people are probably going to be like, oh, man, this team, you really saying this? The Clippers, man. Now, I know the Clippers is for memes. We always say they're like cursed. They're, they're not going to get it done. Paul George chokes. I understand all of that. I'm not saying they are going to win it, but they are a solid team. I think they could win a first round in the playoffs without Kawhi, depending on where they fall in the rankings, obviously. If they match with the Lakers or the Warriors without Kawhi, they're done. But depending on who they get, they could win a first round without Kawhi. You add Kawhi coming back, and this team has uh, more years under their belt, more chemistry. Uh, Paul George, I believe, has proven last year in the playoffs that he can play decent in the playoffs, and he's not a choke artist. He played much better, even though he did struggle from the field, from the field as far as field goal percentage-wise. He played much better last postseason than he did against when they blow that 3-1. So the Clippers are going to be an interesting team to look. Because based on how this Lakers team is constructed and how they look so far, if they if things don't turn around and things don't change, I don't know if they could beat the Clippers. I don't, I can't say that. Kawhi, they all, like I said, they already have chemistry. They've done this before. Reggie Jackson, be, it's this is his team as far as running the show, as far as being the point guard. He had that emergence in the playoffs. I don't know if this Lakers team could beat that Clippers team if they continue to play like this and if Russell Westbrook doesn't turn his uh, turnovers down. So I'm going to have to go with, as the Clippers as my underdog in the West, but I'm going to say the Warriors are my pick right now. For the East, I think you guys are sleeping on the Bucks. I didn't hear anybody mention the Bucks coming out of the out of the East. Uh, defending champs Giannis, uh, obviously an all-around player. This man Giannis is off to the greatest start of any NBA player in NBA history. We've never seen a player have in his what? What is he? Twenty-four has a defensive player of the year, uh, uh, two MVPs, uh, M- uh, a Finals MVP. This man Chris Middleton, that he knows his role. He's the bat. I mean, he's the Robin to Batman, which is obviously Giannis. They have Drew Holiday, great bench depth, great chemistry. You you used to see these videos trending of them like wrestling and doing like different uh, wrestling intimate, uh, um, uh, intimations and stuff like that. They have great chemistry, and they've done it before. They've proved, obviously, the, if the Nets had Kyrie, they probably wouldn't have won. But I can't count out the Bucks. So right now, if I had to say who's coming out the East, even though I like what Philly is doing, um, I'm going I'm to continue with the Bucks. I like what they have already because we don't know if Kyrie's coming back. I can't tell you for sure if Kyrie's going to play in the playoffs or if he's going to be available. So right now I'm probably going to say if I had to guess, I would say Warriors, Bucks, uh, but I'm not going to sleep on the Clippers either in the West. And right now, I mean, I'm watching a potentially potentially uh, finals matchup with the Chicago Bulls and going to the Warriors right now on, on ESPN. So, I mean, they're looking pretty good. Point thirty three thirty one right now, Bulls are winning by two. So I mean, really, I mean, the Bulls are looking nice, man. But yeah, I, like you said, like you can't count the Bucks, man. Like with Giannis at the at the helm of uh, you know other team. Um, I mean, I think I think they're six and seven though. So I mean, they're kind of like you know below five hundred. But I mean, it's still early. Um, but like you said, like who knows if Kyrie's gonna come back or not? Like you can't really, you know, no one knows for sure. Um, but yeah, like you know, you can't count them out either. So. Right. Does anybody have any other further remarks? I see uh Brandon. Yeah, man, I'm tell you right now without uh I'm it's nice to see the PG thirteen percent turning around this season. You know, he's been killing it, but I just don't trust him in big moments. I, he was great in Indiana, but 
you know, when the moment really calls for, like, where's he at, especially the last couple of years uh, with the Clippers. So they're going to ride and die by him, especially without him. So we'll see what happens. But I don't know, man. I have no faith in the Clippers. But that could just be a bias. Probably. But <laughs> here we are. Right. Uh, well, that, that's about all, folks. I'm glad. Um, I hope everybody at home enjoyed this. Great show. I look forward to watching these different games, discussing more content, more matchups. Obviously, we're going to look forward to seeing who's going to who's going to advance as far as uh, teams in the playoffs and who has a higher chance to win like MVP and all that. Um, but thank you guys so much for watching us. We'll be next. I'll see you guys next Friday. Next Friday. Absolutely. Yeah. Big Jack. Oh, go ahead. Ed. I was like, Maz, listen to my boy Maz. 90, was it 93.6? Uh, for what? Oh, yeah, uh, the Red Hawk Red, Station. Yeah. Red Hawk Station. Guys, uh, WMSC 90.3 Upper Montclair. This man calls basketball games, man. Y'all can catch y'all can catch me calling the basketball game, especially tomorrow uh, for the Red Hawks. My boy Jordan Jean Louis making his debut for the yes, station. Sir, let's go with the pre-game, halftime, and post-game analysis. We're gonna be killing it. You already know I'm bringing the energy on that commentary. AC, thank you for reminding me. Big J. The name JJL Sports Talk Show. Take us out, my brother. Yeah, man. Th oh, well, Matt, I want to appreciate you for bringing that up. My first time going to be on um, doing the radio station for the basketball game. Opportunity for me, you know, to, like, uh, talk about basketball, the sport I love. Obviously, I do this with you all. Like, it's not going to be that hard. Um, but hopefully I don't stutter, man. <laughs> hopefully I do a good job. Buddy. But, um, yeah, so uh, like Matt said, thank you all for tuning in to the show. Like I said, season three, episode one. Episode two is going to be next Friday. And um, oh, and if, if, if I could just plug my YouTube channel, cut you off. Uh, Matt Discat. Uh, I do a lot of sports discussions, uh, mostly basketball and football. Uh, I do a lot of sports gaming, 2K and Madden. So make sure you guys check that out. It's Matt Discat, M-A-T-T-D-A-S-K-S-K-A-T. -S uh, but I'm going to hand it over to you, Jordan. Close this out, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep, yep. Well, that's uh, that, that's all we got for tonight, man. So, uh. I guess we'll see y'all next Friday, man. For sure. Yes. Y'all be safe, man. Be back with another one. Another one. <laughs> another one. Another one. Another one. DJ <laughs> Khaled. Another one. All right, fellas. All right.